name is Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our upcoming guest. She's inspiring. She's amazing. She's entrepreneurial, empowering and incitive. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now support and inspire others to do the same. And today we are giving a voice to Monica Wanner. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Tracy. This is my pleasure. I'm so grateful for having the opportunity to be on your podcast tonight. You are more than welcome, Monica. Now, you have an amazing, inspiring story. You are an entrepreneur and you are a two-time author and you have just released a new book as well, which we'll get to later on in the interview. Now, I know how inspiring your story is and I know how brave you're going to be to tell that today as well. Now, not only that, but in the communities that you're serving, the people that you're helping, the people you're giving a helping hand up to will really find relatability in your story as well. They'll find that you lead with your heart, that you think with your head, and you have a plan to help others in the world to be the change that it needs. So, Monica, where does your story start? Well, well, let's roll back a few decades, not in this century, Tracy. I'm I'm a senior. I get the senior discount at many, many stores. But my story starts with me feeling that I'm not um, not good enough. I don't measure up to the expectations that other people have. I feel like I'm putting on an act. The smile used to be fake. The, um, the briefcase going up the elevator to the corporate office was a very lonely ride and um, I never really fit in. Um, English is not my first language, so that was a big help in some areas, but in other areas I didn't understand social cues, I didn't understand some of the jokes, I didn't understand some of the dialects, and so there were many things I had to overcome. Um, I, I do have a disability. I'm dyslexic and I also have ADHD. Um, but when I grew up, Tracy, ADHD wasn't a diagnosis. It was basically you were a kid that needed to get kicked out of the classroom. And so I was kicked out on numerous occasions for telling the teacher, dude, I'm not deaf. I just don't understand what you're telling me. And so I was considered to be disrespectful to um, the, the professors and the teachers. And so I became very close with the principal because where are you going to send the child when you kick them out of class in the 70s? So that's that's kind of where I started on a self-doubt, trying to fit in, not sure if I did and always questioning and that emotional roller coaster that goes with it. So that that's that's in a nutshell where where I'm coming from. Now you just kind of glossed over so many things as well with the self-doubt, with the not fitting in. And I know that especially our community and our audience here at Victim to Victory will find that so relatable because I think at times throughout our lives we do feel that, but on occasions to go through and feel that you know, most of the time, not just on occasions, that can be quite impactful. 
And if you don't mind me asking, what is your first language? Uh, my first language, uh, my dad was Swiss, my mom was German, so my first language was German. Um, and then when I grew up in Montreal, I picked up French. And then when I went on to university, I learned English properly, by the way. And so I speak um, a dialect of German, not the office German. Um, I speak a dialect of French as well. And I speak the office French, if that's what you want to call it. And I can speak uh, some dialects of English as well. I don't speak Australian English, but uh, I love <laughs> the accents that you guys have. Oh, that's wonderful. So you're kind of um, a, a, a multilingual, would they call it? Yeah. Yes, yes. How I think that's the term, yeah. I think it is. Well, it is now. It is now. So when you're going through this self-doubt, take us to the thoughts and the emotions that you were feeling in these kind of social situations where maybe you were trying to fit in, you were kind of left out. What kind of doubts, what kind of mindset did you have through those times? Um, not fun. Uh, I did not like crowds. Um, I would hardly speak up. And if I did, it was because I was argumentative, um, because I stuck to a point and I really believed in something. But I couldn't take the process from A to Z to make my point because I was always squashed. So in a high school setting, it's different. In a corporate setting, I would listen a lot more. I learned to listen more. You've got two ears and one mouth. I learned to take notes that I could read so that I could essentially get my point out right the first time, not three and four times later. Um, so you do come up with a lot of coping mechanisms. And thankfully, nowadays, with a lot of the, the disabilities that people have, we have a lot of technology that can help. I use um, a, a font called Dyslexia that helps me read what's on the screen. And so we're so privileged nowadays, and I'm so grateful for everything that's just coming down the pipes to make my life a lot easier. So I don't want to, like, I'm, I'm not somebody to dwell on all oh, this woe is me stuff. It's, it's my motto, Tracy, is everything is figure outable. It's always been my motto. Even when my dad, who was a contractor, when I got in trouble, he gave me a bucket of nails and I had to straighten those nails out. But for me, it was great because I got to spend time with my dad in the shop. So like everything had that positive to it, even though there was times when, oh, geez, I, I, I you know, like there was the painful times. But I, I always had my glass half full, if, if, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I, I was always that positive person. But it's deep down in my heart, there was days when that positivity, it was just not kicking in. But as you get older, you learn those coping mechanisms. You learn how to, to deal with things. Um, you, you learn how to find what that superpower is inside of you as opposed to being a disability. And what would you say your biggest superpower is? You're dyslexic. You grew up with, with um, having to develop your own coping mechanisms and how you could actually find a way of doing things and all of the stress and the worry around social situations and feeling left out and that self-doubt, having your cup still half full. Where did you draw that inspiration from on those hard days? 
Um, I think both of my parents being uh, European immigrants, I, they came to, to Canada and they didn't understand the language, didn't understand the social aspects. And um, they started businesses. They were both entrepreneurs and they started businesses. And I grew up in a save and suffer type of a household. We didn't have a lot of money. You know, my mother sewed my clothes, which was terribly embarrassing when you're going to high school. Come on. <laughs> um, we had the funny bread and the cold cuts on a piece of wood. Nowadays, it's like in vogue to have a sharp <laughs> tree board. But, you know, like I was telling, hey, mom, like, can't we afford real plates? Do we have to eat off of these wooden boards and, you know, chop? the rye bread up. So um, I think it stems basically from the upbringing and, and the positivity of the upbringing. Um, I put a lot of the pressures on myself of not fitting in because you're you're thrown into a bigger world than, than what your parents do. And as soon as you hit high school, the world gets bigger and you go to university, the world gets even bigger. So especially with an immigrant family as well, because a lot of the the way of doing things like you said you know we're, we're eating uh, food off uh, grazing tables and wooden boards now you know but that would have been your normal you know that is how you yeah. grew up from very humble beginnings being thankful being gra uh, in gratitude for what you have got so that would definitely contribute to your glass half full. Now you're going on raised by entrepreneurs that took a chance as an immigrant family, done it tough, overcome all of the obstacles, still had that insight and that glass half full approach. And now you're an entrepreneur, you're inspiring others, and you're still continuing with that glass half full mindset to help your community that you serve as well. Now, in your book that you have out, um, your chapter is called Making Alarms and Traffic a Thing of the Past. Tell us a little bit about your chapter in the uh, Power of Yes book series number two. Tracy, that was so exciting to write because that was almost the pivot point where I said, you know what, I'm done. Like, I always had to make sure everybody else was taken care of. And does this person have a mic? And do you have your notes? And does this person have this? And everything was run by bells. And I, I was, I felt like Pavlov's dog. Every time the bell rang, I had to do something. You know, every time the phone rang, I had to answer this. And at some point, I just went, whoa, hold the phone here. This this is not, like, why am I spinning my wheels for someone else? Mm -hmm. Why am I putting those hours in so that somebody else can have that great life or that extra cruise or that extra flight or, you know, the, the extra set of winter tires? I... I I want to march to my drum and that's always been inside of me. I've always wanted to march to my own drum. I've had little jobs. I mean, my first job, Tracy, now don't laugh. My first job, I think I was six years old and I went and I picked the flowers in the field and I went knocking door to door selling these bunches of flowers and people would say, oh, lovely flowers. Here's your nickel. Keep the flowers. Well, wow, what a brainstorm. You can sell the same bouquet of field flowers you know, to seven different people because they said, keep your flowers. So that entrepreneur um, was always in me because my parents had it. They made a go of it. I saw, you know, the hardship. I saw the positivity and I saw the failures. I saw it, been there, done it, got the t-shirts, you know, 
And so it's, it was always in me and I always wanted to do something like that. So I did the corporate thing. I always had something on the side. It was always something, but there was that one day in that conference room when everything just hit the fan and things were not going right. And I just thought, what am I doing here? Why am I the one running around doing this? I, you know, like fast forward, I need a VA. So yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's where it, that's where it all, you know, like in 2017, it just was like, that's it. Like, that's it. That was the pivotal and, point. That's where you fully, I believe, stepped into entrepreneurship. Now in the Power of Yes uh, book, uh, that you're a collaborative author, um, and the title of the book is uh, Building Your Network Marketing Business Without Leaving Your Comfort Zone. And the producer, Stacey Hall, has been so great in bringing all of the collaborative authors together. And I love the endorsement on the front cover of the book from Dr. Joe Vitale, who's best known for his uh, place in The Secret, the movie The Secret. And he is quoted on the collaborative book, The Power of Yes book of Dreams do come true. Get this book as the first step towards expecting miracles. And miracles it is because when did you first realize that you wanted to be an author and share your story? <laughs> when did I first want to be an author? Well, over the years, you know, you, you have these passing thoughts, but I never really, as I said, had the confidence that anyone would be interested in reading stories about this woman who doesn't have the self-confidence to do anything. Um, reading the story of a person who's got a learning disability who wasn't sure of herself. So it was only when COVID kind of hit that I had nothing but time. And um, we had to return home from abroad, Tracy. So my mantra, as I said, is everything is figure outable. So as everything switched to online, um, you kind of put it out there or manifest or call it what you want, but this opportunity came my way. And they said, hey, you can write a Facebook post. Why don't you come in and join our book and do this? And like I was presented with something. I said, well, you know, all the excuses came out. I'm dyslexic and I'd rather lie across the train tracks than crap open a book. Mm -hmm. But... I always have Sir Richard Branson in the back of my mind. And we know what he says. He says, when someone offers you an opportunity, you say yes, and you figure it out later. And that, that kind of like became a mentor to me. So when someone offers you that, um, and when Stacey Hall and Lillian Barkowski offered me that opportunity, hell yeah, I went, I jumped in with both feet and I figured it out. Um, and so both books that we produced came out as number one bestsellers in three countries in 48 hours. Not too shabby, huh? For someone that Not doubted their capabilities. Shabby. Not too shabby yeah. for somebody who figures it out along the way. And it's a testimony to these times as well. We don't have to wait till we've got our ducks in a row. We don't have to wait for it to be perfect. We just have to figure it out. Everything is figure outable. I love that. And what was one of the most surprising things that you learned in, in writing your chapter? Um, two things. While I was writing, I, I tend to have a lot to say. It, like my mind is working fast. I have a lot to say. So writing, I learned to shorten those thoughts. And, and so that was really helpful. But secondly, and, and this is kind of my attaboy, is when I got my first email out of the blue from somebody who read my chapter saying how much she enjoyed 
what I wrote and she was inspired by what I wrote. And I went, me? She was inspired by me? And I thought, wow, there's people that really do want to hear my story. And that, that just validated everything that, that, um, that I wrote and so on. So yeah, I have value. I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. So I have that's, value. I'm that was a biggie broken. for me. I have yeah. value and I'm not broken. I love that. That, thank you. that would speak to so many. So thank you for sharing that. That was, that, that's awesome. And uh, what do you wish the reader of your chapter will, will take away the most? The reader, um, first of all, I'm hoping that the reader will take a peek at any of the 25 chapters in the second book and say, hey, these writers, these are people that are normal. They're, they're just like me. And maybe I don't need to have, like you said, my ducks in a row. I don't need to have everything planned out. I don't need to have my act together. I'm just like you or you or you. So I tell people, go ahead and compare yourself to, to any, everyone else, because you'll see that you can do what you want to accomplish. And I truly wish, and I truly hope that either my chapter or one of my colleagues submissions will give that gem, will give that person that inspiration that will lead to action instead of only dreaming and wishing. Because Tracy, we know dreaming and wishing, those are not very good strategies, are they? And they, and they don't pay the bills either. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. They don't, Absolutely. They don't change the world. Absolutely. They don't lose relationships or connections as well. <laughs> But you know what? Um, I know mm -hmm. about comfort zone and all of your life is a testimony of kind of staying within your comfort zone and just expanding just a little bit when you need to, when you feel comfortable to kind of grow that little bit more. And that's what this book is based on is staying in control of our, our core beliefs and our core values and still be holding ourselves with integrity and purpose and just kind of growing a little bit outside our comfort zone. So how much do you feel like you need to go out of your comfort zone to be successful? I'm so glad you asked that question because I don't like the term, you know, you know, comfort zone. I don't know about you or the listeners, but for years it was instilled into me that I needed to get out of my comfort zone and stretch and go beyond capabilities and learn it all. And, uh -uh. you know, somehow that message to me um, always felt a little bit negative. It left me with that lump in the pit of my stomach, you know, that little voice or that feeling. I would go to retreats, attend seminars and with the gurus and take courses and go to workshops with coaches and all those great ideas. And I took no action in the first 48 hours because that strategy simply did not mesh with my values. Spider-Man calls it his spidey sense. My husband would call it a gut feeling. You may call it intuition, whatever you want to call it. Mine said it wasn't right for me. You know, when people say you got to get 99 no thank yous to get that one yes. What a depressing way to make a living, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you see, I mentioned earlier that I was dyslexic, the ADHD for as long as I can remember. Teachers, mentors, uh, therapists, doctors, they're trying to fix me, always making me feel inferior that there was something wrong with me. But what they could not accept and what I couldn't either as a young person is they called it a disorder. 
-hmm. and they focus on what I could not do. But you see, I'm focusing on what I can do. My superpower is I can see things differently. I'm not wired the same as everyone else. We're neurodiverse or whatever you want to call it. I've mentioned social cues. I don't get some of them. They go over my head. Some of these jokes don't get it. Um, my husband still chuckles about some of the sayings. Ask me about the pee hole I had in my door when I first moved to Toronto. That's a whole different story. But, you know, <laughs> um, I, I, I can figure out things that I don't really need to step out of that comfort zone. Nay, nay, nay. None of the authors in this book made huge major shifts. We didn't jump out of the comfort zones. Simply speaking, we are all aligned with our core values and we took action that aligned with those values. You see, now that I am me, coming from my place of value and my position of power, equipped to better serve my ideal prospects, I'm much happier in my life. I'm less um, busy, but I'm more productive. If you know what that means, oh, and yes. that Tracy is the superpower. That is definitely a superpower. That is definitely a superpower. And what amazing things have you got coming up in 2022? Wow. Well, 2022, you know, we're, we're already into 2022. And remember that first question about uh, when did I first realized that I wanted to be an author? Well, I do have the two books out and I'm playing around with another book. And in the words of Paulo Coelho in The Alchemist, and those are truer than ever, if you want something bad enough, the universe will conspire with you to make it so. And because everything is figure outable, there's a few things that I've got coming up. I want to show people how they too can enjoy business success without leaving their comfort zone. I'm going to continue helping people that are, con that are struggling to maintain their concentration and their attention because they need to keep their head in the game too. I will continue serving that audience. Working on another book and other writing options that are creeping up. Um, organizing a couple of book signings and some speaking engagements. But here in Ontario, we're pretty well locked down due to COVID, but it'll come about, no worries. And this snowbird here is looking to get through another Canadian winter without landing on my rear end with the ice outside. I think I'm the only Canadian that cannot skate. I'm a skier. <laughs> I love that. How exciting. And how many lives you're going to impact and change and empower and inform fire all by staying within your comfort zone and just growing and stretching as it is in alignment with your core values and your belief what a wonderful place to be and what kind of message would you like to leave the audience on today monica hey uh ladies and gentlemen everything is figure outable i can't say it enough and if somebody resonates with what i've said please do reach out to me and let me know um, I love connecting with like-minded people. And if you're not comfortable, let me know why too. I'd love to hear from anybody. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for being brave to share your story today. We'll be sharing where to connect with you. You are so appreciated, Monica. You are a words of wisdom. You're a servant leader. And I love your insights from your different perspective as well. You can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and our Facebook group. Please subscribe, share, and comment to help be the change that the world needs. Don't forget to go and grab a copy of the book and read Monica's chapter as well. And let me leave you with a 
message as well of step into your story, figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Thanks, Monica. Thank you so much, guys. Love you. Have a super one. And I'm sending you an abundance of joy to everyone. Thank you.